we have been doing a series called Friendship with God. Friendship with God and today I want to talk about a new aspect of friendship with God that sometimes we don't realize that's where we are because you might think that being a friend of God is all about the relationship you have with God, but the relationship you have with God also is going to determine some other things. And sometimes when you don't know something, it gets you in a lot of trouble. And on Friday, I went to this, this event and it was a nice reunion with some people that we have known for a long time. And I saw this, this man and I went across to him and I gave him a warm handshake and asked him how he's doing. I haven't seen him for maybe six months a year. And so I was happy to see him, greeting him. And I said, you know, I saw and I called the name of his wife in Home Depot last, last month. And he said, when you see her, tell her hello for me. And then he sat down beside somebody else. And I realized I just put my foot in my mouth. Sometimes when you don't know things that have changed, you get yourself in big, big trouble. Let me tell you something. When you become a friend of God, you instantly become an enemy of the devil. And so today I'm going to be sharing a message called Enmity with the Devil. And I will be talking about how we can understand the battle that we are facing. Because we are at war with the devil. And so I'm going to first talk about how we can understand that war. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how we can understand the enemy. Because when you're going to fight a war, you need to know something about the person you're fighting against. And then finally, I'm going to talk about how we may defeat that enemy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have called us to be your friends. I thank you, Lord, that you created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. Without you, nothing consists. Without you, nothing exists that exists right now, Lord. But in spite of your enormity, I thank you that you have chosen to be our friends. But Lord, being your friend puts us at war with the enemy, with the devil. And so this morning I ask you, Lord, that as I share this word, that my words will be only the things that you have declared, Lord, so that we will learn together as we fight this big war. So Heavenly Father, speak to us this morning, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. When we are friends of God, we are enemies of the devil, and it's like we are looking at two sides of the same coin. And you can see here a head, and if you look on one side, it is, it is the head, but if you turn around, you see the tails, and it's the same thing. 
It's like this picture that I have here where you see the word love and the word hate. I don't know who spent their time to do something like this, but the word love is the very same word that when you look in the mirror, it's hate. And when we are friends with God, I actually flipped it around and, and checked just to make sure, and it really is. And when we become friends of God, we automatically find ourselves at war with the devil. And if you don't know it, it's going to destroy you. The word enmity comes from the Hebrew word eyeball, meaning hostility or hatred. It's from the Hebrew word ayab, which means to hate as one of an opposite tribe or party, hence to be hostile, be at enmity. I had the wrong, wrong thing right there. You should be at enmity. You should be an enemy of the devil. You should be at enmity with the person you're fighting. So there is this, this big struggle that's going on. If you are a friend of God, you make yourself an enemy of the, God, of the devil, and you are at war with him whether you know it or not. And so sometimes we don't realize that we're in this big battle, and the devil is doing everything to get us out of the battle, and we are there thinking that it's all about being good friends with God. But sometimes you just have to take off your jacket, roll up your sleeves, and get to war. And today I am calling Go Church to war. Genesis chapter 3 verses 13, verses 14 and 15 says, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, this is when Adam and Eve sinned, and so God is here declaring what will happen as a result of the sin. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your, lives, your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This passage is a very important passage in the Bible because what God is saying to the this, this serpent, the devil, as he manifested in that way, is that I am going to put you at war between the seed of the woman, and the seed of the woman is every person who is born of God, and especially Jesus Christ, who, notice this is the capital S, and I'm not going to go into explaining how it, it is, was understood, but this is understood as a messianic prophecy. It's understood as referring to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that he would be the seed of of this woman and one day the seed of this woman would one day crush the head of the serpent and when the seed of the woman crushes the head of the serpent he is going to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman which was Jesus Christ that's Jesus Christ dying on the cross this in a nutshell is the first example of the gospel in the Bible it's called the proto-evangelium 
Proto-Evangelium, meaning Proto-First-Evangelium Gospel. It's the first gospel. And it is where Jesus Christ is prophesied in the Old Testament. And it shows that there is a war that is going to be going on between God and the devil. There is a war going on between God and the devil. And it started right here when the devil got man and woman to sin. And what God said is, as of now, I want to put you on notice that we are at war. Pick your side because there are no bystanders in this war. The Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, God has come to give you life. The devil has come to give you death. There is a war going on, and you better choose your side right now. James chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So the world that we see in this verse is not the earth that we're seeing right here. The world is the system that the devil operates in. It's the system that he controls right now. And what God is saying is that if you are a friend of the world, a friend of the system that the, the devil rules over, you are going to be an enemy of him. You're going to be God's enemy. The reverse is also true, that if you are a friend of God, you are going to be an enemy of the devil. See how that works? And so we need to understand that there is something going on. First John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the, of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him which is true. And we are in him who is true in, the, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So notice that Jesus Christ brings truth. The devil brings lies. And so this morning, as we understand that there is a battle and we are in that battle, it's important for us to understand the enemy. So this next section of this message this morning is helping us to simply understand the enemy. Because the enemy is going to do everything that he can do to destroy you. The enemy is going to do everything he can do to destroy your seed. The enemy is going to do everything he wants to do to destroy your job, your church, your family, everything. He is setting out to destroy you. And if you want to truly be a friend of God, realize that you need to be vigilant in this war. So the schemes of the devil are very significant. And I want to look at six different schemes 
that the devil wants to use to destroy you. Scheme number one. He will deceive you any way he can. The devil will deceive you any way he can. You know why? Because he is the father of deception. He is the one who wants to choose to take you and change things around. And when you think that you're going along a certain path, what the devil does is he throws something, he throws in a spoke. He throws something in to get you off course. And so we need to understand this scheme. I have a clip from a movie, The Best Year. And this best year, there, was, there is what you call a, an official group of bird watchers. And these bird watchers, they operate on the honor system. And they try to spot as many birds as possible. So there was one year that they had a competition to see who can view as many birds as possible. And each time you see a bird, it operates on a system, you write down the name of the bird, where you saw him, the time you saw him, etc. So there is this competition, and there is this man who wants to get his enemy off course. And so let's watch this clip that shows how the devil will deceive us any way he can. <laughs> Eight. How many? Uh, you might want to sit down. 707. Oh, yeah. You? 715. How many? <laughs> 715? Wow, welcome to the 700 Club, kid. That is rarefied air. Of course, it's this old time we got to worry about. What's your number? You don't want to know. I do. Scare me. How about 730? Really? All right, have a good day. But I think you just woke a sleeping dog. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Did our friend just say where he was going? He wanted directions to the Skagit Wildlife Area. This is me. lies to throw you off. He's going to pretend that everything is all right when it's not. And so that's the first scheme. Scheme number one, he is going to do everything in his power to deceive you. Examine your lives and look at the things that you like and the things that you want to do and think about how sometimes when you think you're going along the right path something comes in that throws you off because the devil is always trying to to bring things in and there there is this thing about the peace of god and you might be in a situation where you are trying to make a decision and when you're trying to make a decision, you find peace. And then you think that because you are experiencing peace, it's God saying, yes, go ahead. 
But guess what? Sometimes the devil will try to give you a calm about a certain situation because he wants to throw you off. And so we need to be very careful of that. And we're going to come back and talk about how we can defeat the devil over these things. But the next scheme is scheme number two. He will pretend he is not your enemy. The devil will pretend he's not your enemy. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I have been in the church for a number of years. And I remember in the 1970s, in the 1980s, when I just became a part of the charismatic movement, I used to see demons being cast out of people regularly in services. Have you ever wondered where the demons went? What happens is that the devil has now played, started playing a new game because he is doing things that will cause us to think that, no, 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 I don't have a problem with you. As long as you go to church on a Sunday morning, it's okay. And he's not anymore playing himself out like that. He's trying to change the game because what he wants to do is let you think that everything is all right. And you can go and you can do the things you want to do. You can live the way you want to live as long as you come back on ch into church on Sunday morning and live your life a certain way. The devil is getting you to think that you are okay. I am working with you. You don't bother me. I won't bother you. But as I said, I'm calling us to war one more time. Because we are not just going to stand back and allow the devil to do what he wants under the quiet. We are going to call him out. That's what we need to do. We need to seek God's wisdom for what he's saying to us and call him out whenever he's doing something. Scheme number three. He will use partial truth and then slip in a lie. This is the cunning of the devil. Not Cunningham of the devil, the cunning <laughs> of the devil. I think you probably realize this, but the devil was once the worship leader in heaven. And so as the worship leader in heaven, he knows the importance of worship. And so what he tries to do is find ways to trick the people of God to think that everything is all right, and then what he tries to do is just slip in something that will, will change the game. It's like you're playing chess. I, I used to play chess once, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really a game player, but I was teaching Dahlia how to play chess, and so you, you know the, what's the name of the, the, the horse? The knight, that's the, that's the one, the knight. And so the knight can jump a certain way, and he can jump across boxes and hit your man and kill him. Anyway, so one day, I'm playing daily in chess, and normally, if you turn your, your, your horse this, that direction, your knight, you will know what's going on. So you know what I did? I turned my, 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 my knight looking the wrong way. 
And so Dele didn't realize what I was doing. And when I, I, I turned him facing that direction, but I really wanted to kill her queen over that side. That's tricking you. That, that's what you do. You, that, that, that's what you do. You, you, you change the game to throw somebody off. Let me give you an example. This is a worship song. I think many of us know it. It's the song called Open Up the Skies. You guys know the song? Let me read some, some of the, the, the lyrics for you. Our beloved Father, please come down and meet us. We are waiting on your touch. Open up the heavens, shower down your presence. We respond to your great love. We won't be satisfied with anything ordinary. We won't be satisfied at all. Wonderful song until we get to the next line. Let me read the next line for you. It says, open up the sky, fall down like rain. We don't want blessings. We want you. Open up the skies, fall down like rain. We don't want blessings. We we don't want anything but, but you. Okay. So what's the problem with that? It sounds good. How many of you in here will confess to God that you don't want his blessings? Notice what just happened? In the earnestness of seeking God, we are confessing that we don't want his blessings. The devil wants to slip in, even in the middle of our worship, and deceive us to think that everything is all right when we are confessing something that is not biblical. And I don't know these guys who wrote this song. I suspect that they're a wonderful worship group. But right here, something has suddenly been slipped into the worship and we're thinking that we're being open to God when we're saying, Lord, we don't want blessings. We want. The Bible tells us the blessings of the Lord make it rich and adds no sorrow to it. So we don't confess that we don't want God's blessing. In fact, it's really a nonsensical thing because the blessings of the Lord is his presence among his people. See what I'm saying? So that's what, what, what will happen. Where there is a truth, but it's the partial truth. And in the middle of the truth, something is slipped in. Now, please don't un understand what I'm saying. I am not saying anything bad about this worship group. I suspect that they are a wonderful worship group. But this particular song is a song that something has slipped in that is not biblical. Let me give you one more example. Most of us have heard all sin is sin. There is no sin greater than any other sin. How many of you know that that's not the truth? Here's what Jesus thinks about this thing that all sin is sin and there's no sin greater than what anything. John chapter 19 verse 11, Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. If Jesus said that somebody is guilty of a greater sin, guess what? It means that there are some sins that are greater than some. No. Understand that there is a partial truth in the statement that when you sin, it is a violation of God's law. That is true. And every sin, regardless of how, of how big 
or small is a violation of God's law. But at the same time, we need to understand what God's word says because he calls something sin, he calls something abomination unto him. And so some people, what they want to do is say, look, you worry about your little thing, don't call me out on the things I am doing because all sin is sin. It's using a partial truth and then slipping something in the side. And that's what the devil likes to do. Number four, he will play on your weaknesses. He will play on your weaknesses. Now, we are all weak in some area. And when you find that there is a weakness that you have, that is where the devil wants to slip in and play on those weaknesses because he wants to pull you down as far as possible. Let's watch this, this other clip from the same movie, The Best Year, and see how sometimes the enemy will use the things that you're weak in to try to defeat you. Bostic suspected every birder he met of doing a big year, and he'd do anything he could to distract him. Seasickness? I feel for you. That's the worst. These usually help. Yeah, some people say they're just a placebo. Who knows? Oh, here we go. Cod liver oil. Tracks birds like honey, but smells like fried cat puke. Sorry, I should have said puke. Won't bother me. Lost my sense of smell in the chem lab explosion years ago. That's lucky. Now, you want to be careful with those binocs. Because once you lose sight of that horizon, you can get lost, and then you're done for, because all you feel is the pitching and tossing. Pitching and tossing. I I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey, anybody up for a little fish head sushi? Mmm. <laughs> pitching and tossing. <laughs> you guys got a rag or something? You have a weakness? The devil knows your weakness. You have a problem with looking on things on the computer that you shouldn't. The devil knows about it. And he wants to give you every opportunity to do the things you want to do. The things that you have the desire to do. Because we are all weak people in some area or the other. And so what you have to do is say, I understand that the devil wants to defeat me through this weakness of mine. Scheme number five, he wants to remind you of your past. This is a guilt trick. And guilt will always prevent you from moving on. Guilt will always prevent you from moving on. Because what you have done in the past has caused something to be difficult or to cause you to, to still have some things that hold you back and every time you try to move on, the devil is going to come to you and he's going to say, you're not really going to do this because and he keeps bringing back the things that happened. You're divorced and because you're divorced, you can never have a good life. You can't go to church. You once had a relationship, and that relationship is not a relationship that you should have had? Oh, no, no, no. Well, you can't really be a minister of the gospel anymore. You once 
stole something and you went to jail and so you can never stand before people anymore because you're just not worth it. You're just not good enough. And guilt, guilt, guilt. And he keeps talking in your ears over and over and over again. You have had an abusive past. And because you've had this abusive past, well, it means that your future is always going to have abuse in it. And the devil keeps bringing the past up over and over and over again. And we're going to talk about that for a few moments Scheme number six, he likes to remind you of your inadequacies. You're not a good speaker. You're not a good telephone person. You're not a good friend. You're not a good student. You're not a good accountant or you're not good with your finances. You're not... And he brings the things that you're not good at over and over and over and over again. You know why? Because he wants to destroy you. Because when he destroys you, he feels that he has put a dent in the kingdom of God. So there are the six Areas that we have spoken about. Now it's time to talk about defeating the enemy. We need to recognize that we have power over the enemy. We have the power to stand firm and fight against the enemy. First, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Notice that word, war. We are in a war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we're truly in a war. And we have permission to pull down every stronghold. And the strongholds are those areas in your life that the devil is using to destroy you over and over again. So let's go through them. First of all, he will deceive you any way he can. The devil is what was an angel of light. He will try to drag you down. We're, we're still at number one. And the devil will try to drag you down in everything that you do. I don't know if you've ever heard about Christian Wiccans. There are a group of people who think it's okay to be Wiccans. Wiccans are witches. And as long as they maintain certain Christian ethics or certain Christian standards. They feel that it's okay for them to be a part of the devil's camp and be a part of God's camp as well. Then we have people like Mormons. They say we are Christians and we follow Jesus Christ, 
but we also have this other text. Notice what's happening. The devil is deceiving in any way he wants to do. He, what he's saying is, you can be a Christian and you can also be on this camp whenever you want to. He's going to deceive us. And when he tries to defeat us, the first thing we need to do is what Jesus Christ did, is grab the word of the Lord. You see, when you use the word of the Lord and say, this is what the scripture says, then you're in good standing. Because sometimes we think that it's okay for us to do the things that the devil is calling us to do. But when we do those things that he's calling us to, to, to do, as long as we do what God is also calling us to do, we are okay. That's deception of the greatest order. And if you're a Christian, and you are getting involved in things like Ouija boards, role-playing, where you, you, you use these games that are not really dangerous games. They're just simply things that are for fun and entertainment. You're making a big mistake. The devil is deceiving you. I am calling every Christian here to reject everything that is of the devil. Don't play with him. In fact, and I'm not telling you how to live your life as far as the entertainment you, you receive, but there is this festival that we have in Virginia Beach, and it's the, the one where they build the ice castle, the, the, the snow, all the, these nice snow sculptures. The, the sand, the sand, thank you very much. The sand sculptures. What's, what's this festival called? Neptune Festival. You know who Neptune is? The god of the sea. There is a festival named for a god of the sea, right on the sand. And we celebrate the festivals, we participate in the festivals, and for me, I am at war with anything that represents the devil, represents his kingdom, and so I am making sure that I stay far from these things because I know that what the devil wants to do is get me just sneaking in and deceive me for what he, it's worth. And the devil is going to deceive you any way he wants to. And therefore, I say, Christians, stay away from the devil. Stay away from the devil's games. Stay away from the devil's things. Number two, he will pretend he's not your enemy. Anyone ever heard of the lodge? One of the things about the lodge and Freemasons is that in order to be a member of the Freemason, you need to go to a church. Did you know that? To be a Freemason, you need to also go to church. And so the devil pretends that it's okay for you to do this. And what he's doing is he is pretending that he's your friend. He's pretending that if you go to church and you do these things, everything is going to be all right. It's not okay. What about being unequally yoked? It's not bad. He is 
religious, and I'm a young lady, and I'm getting on in age, so it's okay for me to be in a relationship with someone who is not a Christian. The devil is pretending that it's okay for you to be his friend while being God's friend. It doesn't work. What about things like, I just go to the bar when I feel like I can just have a few drinks and enjoy myself. No, I don't believe that it is a sin to drink something that is not going to be a major, just a, a, a little sip. I personally have decided that the way I will live my life is I am staying away from all alcohol because what the devil wants to do is he wants to pretend as if if you do these things, it will be all right. That's his way of pretending. Things are okay. They're not. Stay away from things that will pull you down, that will pull you away from him. You don't, don't have a, a keg of beer in your home. Just for when your friends come over to watch the game, they can have a few drinks. Stay away from it. The devil wants you to think that everything is all right. Number, four, number three. He will use partial truth then slip in a lie. And so that's where fibs come in. It's okay for me to just not be a big liar. Just a little fib here and there. And then the devil will come in and he will say, look how great you are. You're really something. And before you know it, humility. You begin to become proud and proud. And as people exalt you and say, you're doing a good job, you're doing a wonderful job, you think, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm really doing a good job. And you know what the Bible says? God resists the proud. You, you, you see the trick of the devil? What he's trying to do is get pride, get, get the this, this statement that you're doing well to cause you to be resisted by God. He doesn't want the friendship that you have with God. He's trying to get you proud so that the God will reject you because God is going to not reject but resist you because God says, I will resist the proud. So how do you handle that? Humility. Humility. We need to be humble before the Lord. It doesn't matter how talented you are, how anointed you are, be humble before God. That's the same thing with tele televangelists, where many televangelists, they start out okay, but then as their ministry gets bigger and bigger, and people say, wow, I, I just love to listen to you, and I'm sending you my tithe and my offering. After a while, things start diminishing. And in Go Church, we are going to be helping to push you into ministry, to push you to do the things that God is saying you should do. Don't let anybody fool you. The reason you are here is because God has brought you here. 
The reason you have any anointing is because God has placed his anointing in you. And when God has placed his anointing in you, you need to be humble before him because he will resist you when you begin to exalt yourself because of the very anointing that he has placed in your life. It destroys the church. It destroys anything when we begin to get proud. We need to be humble before the Lord. Number four, he will play on your weaknesses. As I mentioned before, the devil knows all our weaknesses, sometimes more than we do. And so what we need to do is just step back and assess. Look at your weaknesses. And when you look at your weaknesses, that's the time that you want God to say, in my weakness, Lord, I am strong before you. In my weakness, I am going to rely on you and look on God's plan for your life. Even though you are weak, God comes in the middle of your weakness as he says, young man, I call upon you because you are strong. In the middle of your weakness, he says, I have called you to great things that will move beyond where you have ever been because I love you and because I care for you. The devil wants us to be weak and we really are weak but through God we can be strong. That's where his word comes in because as we read his word it begins to lift us up. So study the scriptures. Read the Bible every single day. Don't let the day pass that you don't read the word of God. And then, when it comes to your weaknesses, this is where you need to live beyond reproach. This is where you need to say, I am going to live my life in such a way that no matter who looks on, I will still be able to stand. I'm calling you to examine everything you do every day. Are you allowing the devil to play on your weaknesses? If you are, this is where you need to say, okay, I have been doing the same thing over and over and over again. This is where it stops. I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm not going back there anymore. Number five. He likes to remind you of your past. When the devil reminds you of your past, this is where you need to look on what God has done for you. Because your past is a difficult past sometimes. And if you have had a difficult past and things have gone wrong in the past, this is where you need to say, I know that my past is not what I would have wanted to celebrate, but because of God, I am going to now stand and I'm now going to say, look at what the Lord has done in my life. and I'm going to let my past be a testimony of his goodness. And when your past becomes a testimony of his goodness, that shames the devil. You know when they say speak the truth and shame the devil? 
when you declare, my past was really bad, but the Lord has redeemed me, that's where your life begins to change and things become so transformed that you're showing the, the world and say, look world, I know that my past is bad, but I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been washed by the renewing of my mind because the Lord is doing something wonderful in my life. The next thing that you need to do when the devil reminds you of your past is remind him of his future. You remember when you did that? That's the devil. This is you. Remember when God is going to do that? Because he knows. He, he has read the book. He was the, the worship director. He has read the book. So remind the devil of his future. Let him know that you know that God is greater than he is. The Bible says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So you have the right to say, I am standing up and I am doing what God has called me to do. Number six, he likes to remind you of your inadequacies. Here again is where humility comes in. Because as you realize that there are things that you can't do, let God validate you. You don't need somebody to tell you, Chris, you're doing a good job. That's great. And I encourage people to encourage their friends and their brothers and their sisters. But let God's word validate you. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Bible tells us that God has made us kings and priests to the Lord. Remind the devil, this is not something that I need to worry about because I am I'm inadequate. I am going to stand and I am going to say, yes, I am weak. Yes, I am inadequate. Yes, I cannot do that. But by the grace of God, I stand. The devil is not your friend. The devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants to kill you. The devil wants to make you feel bad. The devil wants to remind you of your past. But stand before the Lord in humility. And as you stand in humility and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Things in your life will change. Finally today, somebody in this room needs to get angry with the devil. We have been playing with the devil for too long. We have been allowing him to come and ruin our families. We have been allowing him to come and ruin our churches. We have been allowing him to come and ruin our health. We have been allowing him to come and ruin our children and, and our jobs. We have been allowing him to come and ruin everything around us. We need to get angry with the devil. I want to call us this morning to full attention before the Lord. To say, I am not going to lay down and say, okay, I can't help it. I'm giving up. 
I'm calling you to full attention. I'm calling you to warfare against the devil right now. I'm saying not with my family. Not with my seed. Not with my job. Not with my household. Not with my, my anything to do with me. Not with my, I am standing against your stronghold. And I am not going to be saying, I can do it. I'm going to say, the Lord rebukes you, Satan. It's time some demons got cast out again. It's time some sicknesses get broken again. It's time for the people of God to say, I know that being a friend of God means I'm at a war with the devil. And because I know that I'm at war with the devil, I am signing up, Lord. Sign me up for this war. Because the more you are at war with the devil, the closer you are getting to God. As I said, it's two sides of the same coin. Lord, I pray for your people this morning. No surrender. Say it with me. No surrender. One more time. No surrender. We're not going to surrender to the devil. We're not going to say, here's the white flag. We're not going to say, okay, it's inevitable. This is what the doctor has said. This is what my boss has said. This is what the judge has said. This is what anybody else said. I am going to believe in the report of the Lord. No surrender. Lord, I call your people to war this morning. Lord, we know that we are your friends. And we know that we are at war with the devil. And we declare no surrender this morning. that there are things that I want to do in your life. But I want you to stand firm, stand and trust in me. Allow me to work through you because I'm calling you to a greater level of authority. I don't know what that means as far as a greater level of authority, but the Lord says, I am calling you to a greater level of authority in my house. And the Lord is going to place new responsibilities in your life. And He's going to use you. But you have to determine that you're not going to allow the devil one inch. In your family, do not allow the devil one inch. Stand up against him and fight.
is calling some intercessors back to war this morning. He's saying, do warfare in the spirit. He's saying, fight the good fight of faith. That's what he's saying to you. He's saying, I have called you, young man, because you're strong. You're not as young as I am, but he's saying, I've called you because you're strong. And he's saying, fight the fight of faith. Use the weapons of your warfare to tear down the strongholds of the devil. Fight the fight of faith. Healing come. Healing come. Every device of the devil will be no more. The Lord is breaking down barriers over your lives. The Lord says, I have called you my own. And I'm calling you to a level of warfare in the spirit. I don't know you guys right now, but I'm saying that the Lord is calling you to a, a place of warfare in the spirit. He says, you already know what it is to pray. Now, battle. for life. The Lord is saying that there have been some things that have kept you from realizing the things that he's calling you to. But now the Lord is saying, I am releasing the shackles. I'm releasing the shackles over your life. Lord, I pray for my sister right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Fill her with your anointing. Fill her with your anointing, Lord. Come, Jesus, and touch her. Touch her, Lord. Change the things of the past, Lord. Change those things, Lord, that are not of you. And grant, Lord, that she would stand in your presence, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Renew her life. Renew her, Lord. The Lord says you have seen many things. He said he has shown you because he wants you to do warfare. He says you are not out of the fight. I don't know where that came from. Why you might think that you are out of the fight. But he says you are in the fight my brother. You are in the fight. Go forth in strength. Go forth in power. Because I have called you to my kingdom. So this morning, Lord, we just simply call your people to your warfare. Warfare over your families. Warfare over everything that the devil would throw your way. The kingdom of God, of heaven, suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. And the Lord is saying, take it by force this morning. Brothers and sisters, please stand. The 
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, shalom, his perfect peace. Now go into all the world and proclaim that the Lord is Lord over all the affairs of men. The Lord is Lord over the enemy. The Lord, your God, is with you. Finally, before you go, I'm going to ask some of our prayer counselors to come to the front. And if you do not know the Lord as your Savior, you are in the devil's camp. And he wants that to be broken today. I'm calling you forth as we dismiss for you to come forward and let us pray with you. God bless you all. I'll see you next week. Come forward if you need additional prayer. God bless you all.